been a great week. Guys, put your hands together. It has been a powerful week. It's been a great beginning to a, a, a new year, and uh, it's a great Sunday to be alive and be able to worship God Almighty, the one who breathed the stars into the heavens, the one who is in control of every aspect of your life. There's nothing that has escaped him. And even when we were worshiping this morning, it was like a full meal this morning, wasn't it? I haven't even preached yet, and I feel like I could go home completely full and satisfied having encountered the presence of God this morning. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Wes and the team. Guys, it's a unique Sunday today. If this is your first time to High Point, let me just begin by saying uh, welcome. So glad that you're here. Uh, We started this church with a passion to reach our community, to reach Kennesaw State, to begin to reach our high schools and middle schools. And when we did so, we started with absolutely, well, basically nothing. Our first interest meeting had, I think, five people in our living room. And that's when the church basically started was a Bible study in a living room that has since grown. And who has been a part of that since uh, day one have been, has been Wes and Callie Strunk. And uh, it is with, some of you came with the expectation and the knowledge, and I'm not going to spend the entire morning talking about it, but I want to let you know it's their final Sunday today, and we are thankful, we are grateful And uh, we're excited for uh, what's to come for them. But that I'm going to get to here in just a minute. But I wanted to set the stage for the kind of church that you're sitting in right now. It's 2018, and so many of you, if you're like the vast majority of Americans, have some some kind of goal or some kind of resolution. And so we started a series this, this coming year called, surprise, hashtag goals. And what's amazing is that while about 60% of Americans have made resolutions and goals, 90% of those Americans will already have broken those resolutions by February 1st. And some, that's pitiful, isn't it? I mean, that is just pitiful. That is sad, sad and also true. And some of us, you don't even need to raise your hand. You know, the, the look of the walk of shame is already on some of you. Just, you know, you had a donut this morning. You're like, why'd I do that? You know, I, I broke my resolution. And we can laugh about it, and we can all in some way relate to having a goal or something that we're aspiring to, but not actually following through on it. But just because we break resolutions or we have a pattern of, of maybe not reaching those goals that we start at the beginning of the year doesn't mean that we shouldn't have some or that we don't need them. And we're going to get into that this morning because uh, one of the things that we want to do is not just give you goals or resolutions to begin the year with that fall into the same category as the 90% but rather anchor you to something more eternal. Anchor you to something that is more more life-altering and transforming than, say, reading two books a month. Well, great. And one of my goals. God might just have something for you and I that we should aspire to, that we should have a goal, so to speak, of, of, of reaching, of becoming more like. In fact, Paul says it like this in 1 Timothy. He's writing to a young man who's pastoring a very young church. And one of the things that he is saying is that for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. And he goes on to describe the goals set before Timothy and the early church, this young church. While all of these other goals have some value, the greatest goal that has eternal value and value for everything is that you would look more like Jesus. Not that you would just be able to fake it, but that you'd actually become more like him, you would become more godly. We'd be more like Jesus. And that's our goal at High Point 
heading into 2018, I want you to know that my continual prayer for you is that we as a church would grow in maturity and our love for Jesus more than anything else. That's it. And as you do so, I promise you something will happen. Your life will begin to reflect who God is in unique and different ways. One of the things we spoke about last week, if you weren't here last week, we we talked about becoming more like Jesus. And one of the ways that we can become more like Jesus that we don't oftentimes think about is beginning to engage our community and the people around us the way Jesus engaged the people around him. He called people to follow him. And then an amazing thing, he he turned to them and said, "I, I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I will teach you right now to start fishing. And so one of our goals in becoming more Christ-like, oddly enough, isn't starting with holiness and and cutting these things out of your life, which, which is certainly a part of the conversation as we begin to follow him, but that we would begin to take out our fishing pole and begin to fish engaging our community like Jesus. But that's not our only goal. And that's not one of the only ways to become more like him. Jesus says this in Matthew 7. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, I'm in verse 24 through 27, in case you're wondering. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I want to share with you this morning that how you build your life matters. How you build your life matters. It has significance. Every one of us is going to face storms in our life, but how you build your life determines what it looks like when that storm hits and when that storm passes. What's going to be left behind? I love this quote from Michael Armstrong. It's probably a name that none of you know. He hasn't written any books. He's not a celebrity. He's the senior vice president of the ICC, the International Code Council. And what they do is they help create building codes in other countries to create more stable housing environments. And this, and I quote, is what he writes about how you build. He says, most disasters are created by human beings. It's how we build and where we build that creates the hazard and the disaster. Earthquakes, hurricanes, fires, and floods are going to occur, but there are ways in terms of where we build and how we build that can reduce the impact. Amazing, isn't it? Now, the caveat, right? We've seen some horrendous natural disasters that maybe don't fit this exact criteria, right, in the past year. Flooding and fires, et cetera, et cetera, that no one could have been prepared for. But by and large, how we build our life determines what it looks like when the winds begin to blow. Where and how. And so our next goal is for establishing foundations in Jesus. Our first goal in becoming more like him is engaging our community like Jesus. But the next thing that we want to begin to look at, which we're going to begin to unpack throughout the year, is establishing foundations in him. That he would really be your rock. How are the foundations in your life? 
You don't need to answer out loud. But think about it for a minute. Answer it in your own heart. How are the foundations, spiritually speaking, in your life? Are they solid? Are they good? Is the cement still drying? Is the cement so old that it's breaking apart and crumbling and there's cracks in the foundation? The concrete pulling apart. What's your foundation look like? Because in 2018, it just might be that you need to look at rebuilding your life with strength. It might be that you need to start at ground zero afresh and begin to build some layers and levels on this spiritual house, but begin afresh. Even if you've been going to church for 25 years, how are the foundations in your heart and in your soul? Is your life being built on Jesus? What if this year you committed more than anything else, to build and continue building your life on the rock of Jesus Christ. What if that is what you were committed to, your goal for 2018? I'm going to root my parenting. I'm going to anchor it to the foundation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to anchor how I handle my money, my finances too, the heart of Jesus Christ. I'm going to let my marriage be anchored in the foundation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to let my, my thought life and my anxieties and my fears and my worries be anchored in Jesus Christ. What if that was your greatest goal for 2018? I think it would be an amazing one. So here's the question as we begin to unpack a couple more things today is how strong is the foundation in your life? And then we want to look at the foundation that Paul laid. Obviously, there's the foundation that Jesus laid, but Paul talks a great deal about this very word in the Scriptures. Here's what he says in Corinthians. Corinth, by the way, was a crazy church. It was young. They had all kinds of things going on, but they didn't love people very well. They had money, they had influence, they had spiritual gifts, but they didn't like people very well. They didn't love them right. And so Paul is going back and he's laying this foundation and he's, he's helping people come to faith in Jesus. And this is what he says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it. Don't you like Paul's description of himself? I am an expert in what I do. But each one should be careful, he says, how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If it's burned up, he'll suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. So a little context for you here. It's, it's roughly 50 A.D. It's, you know, 50, 60 years-ish since Jesus has died and risen from the grave. The early church has, has been birthed and it has been started. And one of the places where Paul goes to start a church is Corinth. And he stays there for about 18 months. He's there for a, a nice little stretch. And the church is birthed. The church is established. And the church is going. And Paul feels from the Holy Spirit that it's time to move on. It's not that he's over Corinth. It's not that he has despising Corinth. God is just bringing him to something different. And so he packs his bags and he moves to Ephesus to start something different. And while he's there, some people show up from Corinth. 
And they say to him, hey, uh, Paul, the church that you started in Corinth, we're having some real problems. Like real, real problems. Relationship problems. Spiritual gift issues. Love problems. Etc., etc., etc. And so Paul, out of his great concern for Corinth, pens the letter of Corinthians, reminding the church what their foundation should be in, should be in Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul did. He reminds them in 1 Corinthians 1.17. He says that for Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. You see, the foundation wasn't the pastor. The foundation wasn't the gifting of Paul. It wasn't how great he could speak or teach. The foundation wasn't how amazing the worship was. That was not the foundation. The foundation was Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus. That was the foundation. That's what, Je- that's what Paul came to do. He even tells them, I didn't come to baptize, even though, praise God, all you all crazy people have been baptized. But that's not why I came. My, my passion isn't to just baptize people. It's to preach the gospel that you might believe, that your eyes might be open, and that your life might be transformed. That's what he came to do. That's the foundation. He goes on and he says, I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. Paul was preaching about 15 to 20 times a week. And no matter what he preached, it was done with the foundation of Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. And then Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, guys, I remind you, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's the foundation. Now, I did not plan it this way. We did not look at our calendar and say, you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to fit this out perfectly to where we're talking about foundations and Paul transitioning from Corinth to Ephesus on the same week that Wes and Callie have their last Sunday here. It's going to be perfect. I've masterminded it beautifully. But sometimes the Holy Spirit just has a way of aligning things, doesn't he? And I want you to hear this because while I have more to share, we have a story in our midst, multiple stories in our midst of what it actually looks like. We can talk about what Paul did and we can read in the pages of Scripture. We can look at what Jesus said and we need to do that and we need to be anchored to that. But sometimes what's really great is to have a real life living example of it. And that's what we have in Wes and Callie Strunk. And so what I want to do in this moment isn't just continuing to talk about the scriptures. I want you to hear about how Wes and Callie have, like Paul, like the apostles, like the disciples, like Jesus, have laid a great foundation. Because what it should do for us is inspire us to do the very same. Michael, could you please come up here? We've got some stories that we want to share. And I have a feeling that there might be some tears shed. And that's okay. Because that's what makes relationships, I mean, it's emotional. I promise you when Paul was... Heading out to Ephesus, I guarantee you right now, there were some tears that were shed. Although it was Corinth, and they had some jacked up problems, so maybe there wasn't. I don't know. (laughs) But if you don't know Michael, uh, this is a great man right here. Why don't you come out from behind that podium so it doesn't hide you. 
as a great man, became a Christian in this church, is a campus minister in this church, and has an amazing relationship with Wes and Callie, and wants to share about the foundation that they helped lay in his life. In my defense, I didn't know I was going first, so <clears throat> if I cry, that's, that's why I wasn't super prepared. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess I should start with a story. So I showed up here, sitting in that chair, same chair I'm sitting in now, and uh, I only sat there because someone with a massive fro was sitting in front of me, so I moved up. And um, <laughs> I showed up, I was depressed and, and fearful and shameful and um, lonely and professing myself an atheist. And um, that was four years ago. It's crazy. And I got this call later this week. So it's me and I'm in my car. And my other atheist friend, Cody, is much shorter than me. He's 4'10". Um, so I look tall next to him. And yeah, so, so we're in the car and we're headed to a storage unit. I get this call, and it's a North Carolina caller ID. I don't know why I was even spending $5 extra on caller ID, but I was like, who the heck's calling me from North Carolina? So I answer this phone call, and this is just happy guy. Just say, it's just the, like, it's all the other end. Hey, this is Michael Phillips. I'm like, yeah, it's, I guess so. Like, no one else is answering this phone. And, uh, <laughs> and it starts breaking up, so eventually it hangs up, and we end up texting back and forth. And I come back next Sunday, and Wes says, hey, man, can, can, we, can we get coffee and go through the Bible together? And I'm like, sure. You know, I don't see why not. I don't really have reason not to do that, but <clears throat> it sounds kind of weird. Um, and I say, I say all that because five weeks later, I was baptized and started following Jesus and was healed, and, and my life became brand new. But what's great about someone, about following someone who's imitating Jesus is Jesus was a friend. That, that song we sang says it so well. When I had no worth, your love fought for me. When I was an enemy, you fought for me. And my friendship with Wes and him laying a foundation, he chose to be a friend when I was far off from God and then chose to call me brother when I was following him. Um, and it's, it's really easy to see sonship when you see it walked out in someone else. And when you can, when you can say, man, they hear the voice of the father because they're a son and daughter. Like, I can hear that too. I can pray for that because they get to walk freely in that. Or, um, and, and you need to put people in your life who are going to be willing to, to empathize with you. It's funny, when my grandma died, that's not very funny, but um, a few months into that, to have friends who their heart breaks with you in that, but are also willing to say, this, this is the moment where we put on our garment of praise and we still worship God because he's faithful. Or... When you, when you have, I had Bell's palsy once, and um, showing up to their house and for worship rehearsal, and half my face is paralyzed, I'm like, like kind of halfway smiling. And for friends who are going to say, man, that, that doesn't look good, that doesn't feel good, we love you, God loves you, but what, what God says is greater than what the doctor says. And to walk through seasons like that with you, and to walk through seeing them grow as parents, um, and walk out biblical marriage and biblical families. Um, and so I guess when it, when it comes to building a foundation, um, Wes and Callie have done the greatest job in their life of seeking God to do one in them. And um, it's totally a testimony of Jesus' foundation in my life comes from, from watching, watching him do it in theirs. Yeah. Thank you. You've been meeting with Wes for every week for how long? Three and a half years, every single week. Now, that's commitment right there. <laughs> Strong, though, but look at the fruit of it. It's amazing. You can see what it looks like right here. When somebody lays a foundation in somebody else's life. And what I probably should have done, but didn't think about it till just now, is begin to stand all of the people up that Michael has laid a foundation in since Wes laid a foundation in him. Because Michael isn't the end user of what 
God has done through Wes and then what God has done through Wes and Michael, it, 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 now, now Michael is laying foundations in other people. That's the picture of the gospel. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. I didn't come to do this or this or this or this. What I really came here to do was to preach the gospel. And this is what the gospel looks like. We've got a video that I think will help illustrate what it looks like for a foundation to be laid as well. Michael's not the only one. If you've got that footage uh, handy, go ahead and roll that beautiful bean footage from the back. Hey, High Point fam. Uh, I heard it was Wes and Callie's last Sunday uh, at High Point. And um, so I just, you know, wanted to give a little shout out to just what amazing people um, both of them have been in my life. Um, when I met Wes, uh, I met Wes when I, you know, when we were at UNC Chapel Hill when I was an undergrad my freshman year in music theory class. And um, even back then, Wes was incredibly intentional, actually, about um, seeking and finding those who were lost. And Wes invited me to hang out with him almost every single day. Actually, we hung out almost every day playing music, doing homework, um, talking about life. And, and God really used Wes um, in, in all of that to bring me out of a lot of sin patterns and, um, and stuff that I was living, living in at the time. That's what I, really, what I really needed at that point was a friend, someone to hang out with all the time and to, to talk about stuff. And, um, and yeah, Wes was just incredibly intentional about it. It was, it was absolutely um, amazing. And um, that changed my life. That totally changed my life. Um, and then, like, after God pulled me out of all of those things, I actually watched Wes go after person after person after person, you know. He had a friend that he would go lift with and shoot basketball with, you know. And that changed his life, too. He had another friend um, that he would sit and play FIFA with, actually, you know. And um, it's like, I watched them, actually, because, you know, they played at our house. And after, after so long of playing FIFA... Um, you know, eventually this guy like breaks down and starts telling Wes about all kinds of you know stuff um, that's in, that that was going on in his life. Um, and uh, you know, like, yeah, I just watched him intentionally go after one person after another person after another person. I and like, I mean, you know, I consider Wes to be an incredible relational evangelist, actually, in in that sense. And um, just for both, just both Wes and Callie, like. I've been a part of a lot of worship teams, you know, and just the environment that they were able to create for us at High Point was amazing. Um, you know, the amount of freedom and trust that we all uh, were able to operate in as we, you know, as we played music and, and uh, led worship was, was incredible, you know. Like, I, I've been on a lot of teams and, um, you know, and, and just I hadn't felt um, like I'd been able to go as deep um, with other members of the team as, um, as they, you know, they, they, they essentially created an environment for us to do. Um, so, um, Wes and Callie are amazing people. Uh, man, uh, anyway, we love you, Wes and Callie. Uh, I love you, High Point Church. I'll see you guys later. You may not know who Alex Williams is. And Callie didn't get as much love in that video as my initial conversation with Alex. But... Callie has sat and listened to Alex in her home and been with Alex in her house, as well as Michael. Not for like, for, we're talking years of relationship and investment and listening and hearing and praying. And sometimes, as anybody who is laying a foundation in somebody's life, also at times wanting to pull your hair out. Because that's relationship. If you don't know who Alex is, Alex used to play drums here, and he moved here. Uh, you know, Wes and Callie moved here from North Carolina uh, after graduating from UNC. And they moved here, and Alex came with them. He had family that lived here as well. And Alex helps get the church off the ground w w with, with drumming. 
And now what is Alex doing? Again, the, the, the foundation that has been laid, yes, in North Carolina, yes, here. He's now playing drums in Los Angeles for our Every Nation Church there, helping to compose and write music. He's got a, I don't even know all the things he's doing, but one of these days you're going to see his name at the end of, of, of soundtrack, composer, I don't know all the verbiage, I don't even care, but he's going to be writing music for video games, movies, you mark my words. It's amazing, isn't it? Jennifer and Jad, why don't you come up here? Because Alex tells a great story of a foundation being laid. Michael tells a tremendous story of foundation being laid. Jennifer and Chad have a different uh, take on this. Because as you all very well know, Jennifer and Chad are leading the worship team. Now, I won't steal their thunder, but let me just start off by saying they did not imagine themselves leading this worship team. Let me hand the microphone over to you. You okay? Yep, I'm already crying. Good job, Jen. <laughs> You're welcome, Wes. So when we first came to High Point, we had not really any intention of doing any of this, <laughs> as Andy mentioned. Um, I just thought maybe one day I'll sing on the team or whatever. We just really enjoyed being with everybody. And Wes and Kelly were actually the very first couple that we got together with when we came to High Point. We played Mad Gab, which we dominated. Chad and I did, by the way. Um, so we'll just make that public knowledge. So they were the very first people we got together with. And I remember looking at Chad and being like, they're pretty cool. I'm like, if this is the rest of High Point, I think we can hang. So they were a very good representation of what High Point stood for. Um, and Alex said it great that they're very intentional. If you've ever been with Wes and Callie, um, the questions they ask, their conversations, they're very intentional people. Um, and which I appreciate about them, which comes into how we got here. <laughs> um, we didn't do anything here when we first came. Um, Wes asked us to join the worship team, which we were excited about. Chad had never played bass in his life. We needed a bass player. So with the confidence of Wes, um, Wes was never afraid that we didn't have the ability or the experience to do something. He believed in us enough to say, hey, I, I think you can do this. Let me help you. And so he helped us along to get us to where we are now. I I've sung my whole life, but there's things that Wes and Callie have shepherded in us and walked with us through that have enabled God to use us in a way that we never thought possible. I have never wanted to be a worship leader in my life, ever. I, I and never to tell God never, by the way. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> um, so I remember having a conversation with Wes. Actually, we were standing right here, and he was allowing me to pick sets, pick songs, pray about things, and kind of help him. And I'm like, okay, I can be a worship director's helper. That's fun. Like, that's great. Little did I know... <laughs> him and Andy on the side, and Wes was being extra sly about it, were trying to develop things in me that would be helpful as a worship director or worship leader because he saw that in me. He saw that potential. And so we had a conversation, and, and I remember walking away from that conversation just feeling like, well, maybe, maybe I can do that. He said two little words, and I was like, he said, I think you can do it, or three words. I don't know how many words that is. I can't count. He said, I think you can do it. And I, and I walked away thinking, well, maybe I can. And so the way that, that Wes and Callie are and who, I don't want to cry again. Um, they're amazing. So what they have done as worship pastors in developing not only me but Chad, I think I played the keys one week. I don't think if anybody was here, that was terrifying. Wes is shaking his head. He forced me, but that grew me. That grew me. Wes has developed a lot of things in me. So thank you for torturing me one Sunday on the keys, Wes. I appreciate it. Chad, I don't know if you have anything that you want to. This is weird, being on a microphone. Um, yeah, uh, Wes has done a great job in laying the foundation for us as a worship team. Um, I'm not sure if that cement is ready to dry yet. Um, <laughs> But we're definitely going to keep building on what he has laid down. Uh, year ago, when? We went through a traumatic deal about a year ago. 
Wes was here. Blew up his phone at the hospital. <laughs> Midnight, one o'clock, he finally picked up. <laughs> it's about 15 different phone calls. He was there. Um, different things that I've been through. Wes has been there when I've needed him. Um, I don't even know if y'all remember one week he threw me on acoustic guitar. Um, he was out of town. Michael was out of town. Who else? It was literally three of us up here. He was like, hey, can you uh, do this? I was like, we'll, uh, we'll try it and see what happens. <laughs> um, and then, you know, he's always been gracious enough to let us mess up. He's always been, hey, try it. And if it doesn't work, then, hey, you know, move on. And, and we're going to continue to instill that in the worship team and build on the foundation. So in case you didn't catch that, no, 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 just, you're going to leave in just a second, but just in case you missed it, Jen did not think she was going to be doing what she's doing. She didn't imagine that, but somebody, two people saw something in her that she didn't see in herself. Chad never played the bass before. And learned how to play the bass. How much drums had you played? Um, I played probably six months. So he's played six months, 11 years ago for the drums. He's now playing drums. They're emotional up here for a lot of reasons. Not only have Wes and Kelly been friends, not only have they shepherded them, but they breathe something, right, of of believing that God can do something through them that they didn't even think God wanted to do. That's amazing. That's a great foundation. Okay, you guys can go ahead and sit down. <sighs> Anybody seen the movie Jumanji? Not the old one, the new one. Because there's a scene where Dwayne Johnson says, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> there's a lot of those moments right now. <laughs> Here's what I want. Wes and Kelly, why don't you come up here? Sorry. So... I remember you guys are hearing some names that I realize not everybody's going to understand, but a mutual friend of ours who knew Amy and I were moving to Atlanta to plant a church. He said, hey, you should talk to my friend Wes and Callie. So we got on the phone. <laughs> and when you have, I mean, when you're planting a church and you know nobody, you don't know what you're getting. But when somebody says, yeah. You know, we're going to pray about that. You're like, God is real. Jesus really is who he says he is. And over the course of a couple months, Amy and I were in Orlando. Wes and Callie were still in North Carolina. They prayed and felt like this is what God was calling them to do. And, and you know, we got in the car. Literally, we met here, drove around. We didn't even, none of us really even knew the city. I mean, I didn't. We were literally driving, driving through, like, the worst parts of Kennesaw. We're like, do you feel called here? Because I don't know if I do, you know. <laughs> you know, there's some industrial stretches, right? <laughs> and so, yet, yet we did. And uh, church, I'm... I, it's dangerous to say what I'm about to say because it sounds, it might sound arrogant and I desperately don't want it to. But I want you to know if you've never planted a church, if you've never started a church with nothing but faith and you're just looking, it's impossible to know how hard it is, the weight of it, the vision that's required of it. And I'm proud to say that 
I did not know Weston Cali very well, really. I mean, we basically were strangers at the time. <laughs> and then we partnered and said, we're going to do this together. And over that time, we've become friends. And no one in this church outside of Jasmine and Kellen have known the earliest stages of what our church was going to be, what we were dreaming of, what we were praying for. Wes and Callie and I, and, and Amy for a stretch, but then we had, you know, we got pregnant with our fourth child, and that, were, that changed some things in terms of Amy's involvement. This was before we had campus ministers, before anything. We used to meet in a coffee shop for our staff meeting. And the copper coin, back in the day, and we would, you know, dream and pray, and we would talk. And they become great friends. And when you're planting a church, what you need more than anything else is somebody who's got your back. And I want you to know that I'm proud of these two. I'm excited for the next chapter in their life. I'm thankful, thankful for you. I'll not just talk in general. I'm thankful for you guys and what you've done. And I'm thankful for your friendship with me. Thankful that you trusted me enough to move here and risk it all. When they moved here, they committed five years, and they're coming up basically on four and three quarters. So technically, you know, I mean, you're really shortchanging the Lord by about three months. <laughs> but, I mean, we've fought together. You know, you, you know you're planting a church when you fight with people and you disagree. I remember, when, I remember when Callie, she did not like what I had to say one time. I got home and was like, Callie, let me tell you something. She will cut you, you know. She's not afraid. She'll, she, I mean, she, the track star athlete, she knows how to fight. And, uh, I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't agree on everything. We didn't see everything eye to eye. We bruised each other, offended each other. And yet, in the midst of that all, God has birthed a friendship. He's birthed a church. And it is truly my privilege and honor to say thank you for doing that. <clears throat> Ladies and gents, there are lots more stories. There are other people who can talk about the foundations that have been laid in their lives. College students, campus ministers, Catherine, people on the worship team. But getting back to the message and us having a real life living example of this is that this isn't just now something that we look at in our seats and say, man, that was really great for them. What a great service. No, this is a, this is a mirror of what the gospel looks like when you really believe it and you're really willing to give your life to somebody else. This is not about the fact that they have worship pastor or worship director next to their name. It has nothing to do with title. It has nothing to do with staff or position. And it has everything to do with the gospel taking root in their lives. Because here's what I can tell you. As they move to Nashville, as they pursue songwriting, which, P.S., many of the songs we sing in our church are songs that Wes and Callie wrote. And so they're taking a step of faith. They're going to go to, to Nashville. They're going to be writing music. They're going to go for it. And I couldn't be more excited, more proud, and I couldn't believe in them anymore. But what I also know isn't just suddenly going to stop because they're not on staff. Is their love for people and their desire for God to use them to impart and to the next generation. And so this morning, what we get to do is we get to be like Jesus, and we get to establish foundations 
in Jesus and like Jesus. We get, to found, we get to establish foundations in the same way that Paul established foundations. And he was able to say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. We get to lay foundations in the same way that Wes and Callie Strunk have laid foundations. Imitate them as they have imitated Christ. Amen? That's what we get to do. That is one of our goals for 2018. Establishing foundations in Jesus. Here's what I want to do. Um, Jason and Amy, could you come up here? Um, Miami, could you come up here? Michael, why don't you come up here? Worship team, come on up here. Everybody, come on up here. No, worship team. We're going to pray for Wes and Callie. Now, in case this feels like some giant sad moment, right? I want you to know, while... I've cried plenty of tears. I'm not sad. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm, I'm celebratory. This isn't a splitting. This isn't a division. This isn't a, oh, well, we disagree, so you go your way and I'll go mine. No, 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 no. This is a, I'm before the throne room of heaven. This is what we sense God doing. Andy, what do you think God's doing? And uh, you know, uh, praying and talking and ultimately them just deciding, like, this is what we know God's doing for us and our family. And we couldn't be more excited for them to step out in faith and go for it. So here's what we're going to do. I want to invite you to, to uh, stretch out your hand. Thank you. Not everybody's going to come here. Go ahead and stand to your feet, would you please? We're going to lay hands, we're going to pray, and we're going to send out... Uh, Wes and Callie shrunk this morning. Amen. Father, we thank you for this amazing family. We thank you for their children. We thank you for the favor of God that's upon them. And Lord, we thank you, just like Genesis 12, that you have blessed them to be a blessing. God, we thank you for the foundations that they have laid in this church. We thank you for the foundations they've laid in people, in men, and women. We thank you for the foundations, Lord, in their children that they are laying and get to continue laying. God, we thank you for the gift that they are to the body of Christ. And right now, Lord, we cherish them. We uplift them. We pray for them, Lord, and we send them out with your strength, with the power of the Holy Spirit on each side, on their rear guard, on their front, protecting them, guiding them, speaking and leading them all the way. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we just, we just pray for West Cali, Cade, and Haven. God, we thank you for this family. God, we thank you for the anointing. Jesus, we ask right now that you would just pour out your spirit on these two. And Father God, we pray that you would light a path in front of them, Lord. Lord, that you would anoint them. God, that your spirit would move mightily and powerfully through Weston Cali. Father God, we, we even just wait in, with anticipation for the music and the songs and the gifts that are going to flow through Weston Cali. God, not just for their benefit and not just for the benefit of the church, but for the benefit of nations. God, we just declare in Jesus' name that you are going to um, put a song in their mouth. God, a song in their mouth, God, that will be heard not just in North America, God, but around the world in the nations, Father God, that you have anointed them for such a time as this to shatter walls, to break chains, to bring freedom and healing to people who need it. Father God, we just pray that you would anoint them. God, we um, ask God even just for 
your favor for the next several months, even as Wes is traveling and tying um, up loose ends, God, to prepare his family to move. God, I pray for grace upon Callie as she's at home with the kids. God, I thank you for future strunk babies, Lord, if that is um, in your will. And God, we just thank you for the strunks. God, we pray an anointing. God, I just keep hearing that word, anoint these amazing people, God, with your powerful spirit. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, you've done so much through this couple already. Lord, we've heard today the lives they've impacted. God, we know there's hundreds of more um, lives that they're going to touch, thousands in their lifetime. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would continue, um, Lord, to grow inside of them, that they would be able to give out and touch many, many lives. God, I see um, just a bridge being built. Every step of faith they take, Lord, you put the pieces together for them. So, Lord, I thank you that you're directing them. God, that you go before them. And, God, that you're doing great things in and through them. God, use them in a powerful way. And, God, we just glorify and thank you for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. We charge you to go make great music. In all seriousness, you guys can have a seat. Worship team, you may be off the stage. You will be off in just one second. In all seriousness, though, there's we, we the grace of God is with them. Whether that's in writing music, whether that's, you know, in another church, whether that means at some point taking a job in another church, whether or not you never do that, whether it's a different job altogether, we are thankful for the grace of God on your life. We're thankful for all that you've done here. Thank you, guys. We love you. Okay. Yes, you may say something. I, I just think about that. no, no, you're great. I just wanted to say thank you to you guys um, for putting up with me for three and a half, four years. Uh, I remember I was telling, when we moved here, Andy, how how are you? How do you even pastor people? Like I'm, all, I was 24. Like I'm a child. Like, well, how do I do this? You know. And just, I mean, Callie is an amazing wife, and she is a lot of the reason why I am who I am, and we are a unit. But you guys are a huge part of that, too. So thank you for being patient. Thank you for worshiping with us, worshiping God with us. And then lastly, I can't not take this moment to, to talk about Andy and Amy, because Andy, he said something that's very true. Church planning is very difficult, and it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. It's emotionally taxing, and Callie and I have felt maybe 5% of the weight of church planning because they have carried 95%. Obviously, God's the one carrying the weight. This is his church, but God has called Andy and Amy and their family to move here, and what they have been through to get here and see you guys here in this room this morning is nothing short of a miracle and, and nothing short of the fact that God is real and that he's moving, and that he's at the foundation of their lives, too. So can we just give them a round of applause as well for being amazing? Yeah, so we wanted to say thank you to you guys for believing in us, for giving us room to be here at part of this church, even though we were strangers, and we met for coffee, and we both don't like coffee the first time we met. We met at a coffee shop in Marietta. Do you like coffee? No, we don't drink coffee either. Here we go. Great start to a relationship. Um, but we love you guys, and we love High Point Church, you guys are family. This is a see you later, not a goodbye yeah. forever. So we love you guys.